Hello, I'm Nick Holland with Information Security Media Group. News broke this week that Microsoft, MasterCard, ExxonMobil, and AP Mola Maersk are joining forces with the nonprofit Cyber Redness Institute, or CRI, to help the companies they work with better secure their systems. CRI is collecting cybersecurity best practices from Fortune 500 companies and translating those policies into recommendations for enterprises without the budget for their own security staff. I'm joined today by Kelly White, founder and CEO of Risk Recon, to discuss the initiative and whether this trickle-down impact can be successful. So Kelly, the focus here is on the Cyber Redness Program, a pilot that will disseminate to smaller companies guidance recommending the use of passwords that take the form of phrases, administering security updates, and advice on how to create a policy to ensure that outside USB devices have been approved by the IT team. So I guess my first question to you is, is this sufficiently targeting the main problems of cybersecurity risk today? I think I think that this is actually intent. So the short answer to that is no, but I don't think that's the main point. The important thing here is that I think that the Cyber Readiness Institute is recognized through review of things like the Verizon Data Breach Study and things like that, that a very large percentage of cybersecurity failures where there's loss of data or system compromise can be traced back to very simple practices that firms are not uh, implementing and uh, adhering to. Again, going back to use of strong passwords, uh, control of the use of USB devices, appropriate software patching. These are, these are cybersecurity essentials, or you might refer to them as cybersecurity basics. And a very large percentage of, of compromises can be traced to these basic failures to implement these basic practices. And so I think that while this is not a complete solution for addressing the cyber risk problems of today, it might be an 80-20 rule where 80% of the breaches can be addressed by application of, you know, some simple 20% effort type of practices. So you and Risk Recon focus heavily on third-party risk. Can you detail how this is likely to be addressed by this initiative? Yeah, just at a macro level, modern companies today are really a a, a closely internetworked uh, set of vendors relationships through which they fulfill, uh, you know, different uh, parts of their supply chain and operate their business. So I don't know the exact averages, but it's not uncommon for a company to have a hundred or even a thousand vendors that they're interconnected with digitally. Now that third-party cyber risk uh, is significant to organizations because a breach in one of your third parties can represent a breach of your own enterprise, loss of your data, reputation, operational availability, and so forth. As you look at the sponsors of this initiative, Microsoft, Mayors, Exxon, and so forth, they're really targeting this towards those smaller third parties that they deal with, that they have critical uh, infrastructure and uh, risk relationships with. So as they promote these standards and practices to organizations, those organizations, some of them will adopt these practices and, you know, increase their cyber resilience. And I think that's, that's the important part here is that they are, they're not targeting this towards organizations that already have uh, an information security risk manager and team and so forth. It really is these small businesses where they're, these small businesses really need guidance on practices for protecting their enterprise without having to go through the expense of hiring a full-time risk manager. And, and that is 
that is going to help everybody, particularly third parties, because these firms, these smaller firms are providing services in many cases to these larger firms. They are their third parties. So it can't, it can't do anything but help. I was going to say, it's, it's interesting. I hadn't really considered that it, it's not completely altruistic on behalf of these, these founding companies. Um, certainly it's a two-way street. And I, I guess, as, as you mentioned, with uh, a lot of these companies such as Exxon, Maersk being involved in critical infrastructure, with the you know, industrial internet of things, it's going to be increasingly important that all of your endpoints are, are as secure as possible. And that obviously involves a, a, a number of third parties as well. So that's an interesting uh, angle to, to focus on, I guess. One other, what, one other thought on this, and I, I think that when you look at the regulations, like we have good cybersecurity standards. You could take ISO 27001 or 27002, or you could take the NIST cybersecurity framework. They're, these are good standards. But they're standards, they're not practices. And there's a, there's a big gap between translating a standard into practices that you implement and operate in your firm. And I think that this is the gap that this initiative intends to plug, making it practicable. There's a lot of firms out there that are small enough, they want to do the right thing. They're just saying, tell me what to do and I will do it. And that's what this a cyber risk initiative, I think, is seeking to plug. And it's the, it's the opportunity that they've identified. And by doing that, again, a, there is a big need. There's a lot of firms out there that are just saying, tell us what to do and we will do it. And by providing this set of practices, again, these companies uh, will improve their cybersecurity. So finally, let me focus on what new threat vectors should companies large and small be focusing on? Well, number one, uh, I think that large companies, the sponsors of this, have, re have recognized that third-party cybersecurity risk is tremendously important, and that's you know what's driving this initiative. There's a couple of recent examples. Uh, a few weeks ago, a Navy subcontractor was compromised, and data was stolen on a submarine warfare study that they were involved in executing. Millions of records stolen by the Chinese government um, about this, this submarine warfare study. So the Navy, in that case, can be as secure as it, you know, it, it can secure all of its own systems, but their subcontractor uh, was not sufficiently managing their cyber risk. And so there was a big loss there. Things like that are increasingly being recognized by firms that oftentimes their third parties are the weakest link in their cybersecurity. And in spite of all of their best efforts to protect their own enterprise, a breach at their third party can have an equally dramatic impact to them. So that's, that's one big threat. And there's a, so that threat vector, compromising vendors and third parties to get access to that, those, those assets, um, is a very much an emerging threat vector that the large companies recognize. And that ties into this entire initiative to help the small firms do a better job. The small firms, again, it's not, it's not so much the, what are the new and emerging threat vectors that they need to be concerned about as much. A lot of it's really just doing the basics first. It's ensuring that uh, all use of external media is appropriate, authorized, and secured. It's the passwords. It's the software patching. It's maintaining a defensible environment. It's knowing where your, your crown jewels are. And who has access to that, controlling that, ensuring that that data is properly encrypted? So it's not so.
so much about what are the new vectors. All vectors are still relevant. The old ones are still very fruitful and productive. And the primary ones that are being used to compromise systems, exploiting unpatched software, uh, taking advantage of weak and default passwords, these are still the things that are most commonly used to cause breaches. The difference here is that the force that the threat actors are exerting against organizations is much greater. It's continuous. And so if you have a gap in the software patching or in securing your endpoints or your passwords and so forth, then it is going to be taken advantage of and it's going to cause real harm. So this, this, this initiative, I think, really, it, it's wisely acknowledging that, that, that it is the basics that really need to be done first and foremost. Get that sorted out and then you can work about, worry about other more advanced, less likely attack vectors and threats. But if you don't have these basics in place, it's the basics that are going to kill you. Well, Kelly, thank you very much for joining me today. That was Kelly White, founder and CEO of Risk Recon. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.